Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, episode number 52. So if you were uh, listening to one a week, you, we, you now have a full year's worth. If you started on the first, Happy New Year. Yeah, as I, say, I, I think I, after this one, I'm like, I, okay, I, I don't really have anything interesting until uh, for another 17 episodes. I mean, we can, well, seven episodes from now, we do another shot. Fair. So there's that. There's that to look forward to. But yeah, you always look at me when you say the number of the episode, like, hey, you got anything to say this week, Emily? I'm like, what am I going to say about 52? I don't know. <laughs> you, know if you, have anything, you, you have to, you know, reflect on the number. You can kind of just say whatever you want. I don't really know what to say. I'm Nick alongside Emily, if we didn't say that yet. <laughs> We're about introducing ourselves. Hello. Emily, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing okay. I am caffeinated. I am alive. And I'm here. How are you, Nick? Mildly hungover. Uh, this <laughs> nitro drove me to drink. Yeah, we watched this episode last night. And um, let's just say I just started a job recently. And after watching this episode, I feel like I would fail a drug test. At least parts of the episode. The first hour. Yeah. The first hour was just a acid trip. But yeah, so we broke open a couple bottles of wine last night, had a nice dinner, and, you know, forgot. Which is why we take notes. Exactly. And we try not to let too much time pass in between watching and recording. Yes. <laughs> well, the Nitro in question is the September 6, 1999 Nitro. It's like, okay, we are uh, cranking through. So how many episodes do we have till Russo at this point? Um, he's October 18th, but we have a few bonus episodes in between. Ah, right. I know we're uh, we're delving back into the world of hardcore. Yes, we're in the world of extreme. Is that what they call it? The land of extreme. land of extreme. I think it's anarchy rules with a Z. With a Z. With a Z. And we figure we'll we have another little bonus one in there that'll make some sense when we get to it. Nice. But let's talk numbers for this Nitro before we get into the show itself. This show did a 4.1 rating, which is literally a 0.1 boost from last week. Literally how? How is this technically a better rated show than last week? I mean, again, it's all about the viewership. I feel like you want the numbers to be a sign of quality, and they're just I not. I do. However, that does mean basically the same amount of people saw last week and went, watch it again. Let's go again. Yeah. How? How? Raw did a 4.4, by the way, going on later, so it beat them again. In the later time slot. Yep. That's wild. And then the uh, arena they're in, in Miami, Florida, normally is able to house 16,000 people. It was not full. It's probably about half full. And uh, less than half of them paid. So somewhere around the ballpark of like 3,800 paid. God. And how much do tickets cost these days? I honestly don't know. That's probably available somewhere, but... With the nitros, it's a, it's a lot more tricky to try to find. So let's just say that 3,800 people bought a $20 ticket. Yeah. That's $76,000. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking about how much money they didn't make. Yeah, it's a matter of they're also, you know, giving away 4,000 tickets as well. Yeah. Granted, I never know how you get those tickets. I think it's probably like the same way you get concert tickets, like radio giveaways and things like that. Yeah, but 4,000 tickets? I don't know. It's like, I, you know, I wouldn't pay if they were in my, my like, hometown, or I'd wait until, like, the day of. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll see if I can just get in. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get into this Nitro. If we must. We open with last week's Nitro recap. We get uh, Randy Savage appearing in that. We're like, oh, maybe he'll uh, explain some stuff this week. Nope. No. Why would Randy be here? 
I can't even say that Randy Savage has better things to do because I don't think he does. He's just not here. We then get the Nitro opening, some pyro, and then the Nitro girls. Nitro girls have a lot to do tonight. Tony welcomes us to the show and like his audio like drops out a bit for something. I couldn't tell if it was like an ad or if it was production audio. It again. sounded like production audio again. But but the the piano stuff from last week felt intentional, so I'm like Do you think this is also intentional somehow? I don't know. I I don't think so. I don't think this is intentional. And with the way that the piano music is now supposedly intentional, maybe that was just like trying to find a way to make that mistake come to come together i don't know no that's definitely going to be a character it's it seems like that's a thing because that, that happens we'll, we'll get, get to it yeah tony and bobby check in they note that this is the start of year number five for nitro it's like yeah and your last it's like it's gonna be our, the best one yet it's like no they then throw to gene and instead of gene bret hart's music hits bret in his jeans so that's what they meant by throwing it to gene we're throwing it to Brett's jeans. I like, forgot Brett was going to be on the show. Yeah, you pointed I, it out last week. Yeah, and then we sat down. And I was like, oh, yeah, Brett. <laughs> it's better. I had to know that. Like, they didn't advertise it at all. Oh, and yeah, no. He even, like, kind of notes that he's like, yeah, I just had a crazy idea to come down to Miami. And, you know. I love that. It's a crazy idea to just travel to Miami. But crazy. So crazy. No, you were told to come down. He says he has a surprise, but it's not really a surprise. I mean, let's just talk about him being here. He's like, I've been home too long, and it's like, okay. I feel like you should be home longer. Because he came to WCW to make it, sorry, the WCW. Yes. To make a difference, and he just wants one thing. He's like, it's not about titles, but, you know, be nice. But I'm asking the promoters and the fans to basically book Hulk Hogan versus Bret Hart. Why? Has that never happened? Not fully. Like, mm. you know, it... it it didn't happen at all in WWF. It was supposed to. And then it might have happened once on like a Nitro that didn't, the match didn't have an ending. Mm. Bret Hart does have to like, I, I swear, I thought the man was going to like put his fingers through his fist with how tight, tightly he was probably clenching when he goes, <sighs> you know, Hogan, maybe the maybe the greatest of all time. Like, he really had to choke that line out. It, it hurt coming out. He literally like paused and was like. He didn't want to say that. He doesn't believe it. And then he's like, yeah, I basically won't make a decision or be back until I have that match. I Like, the make a decision part is weird to me. Like, you're not going to decide whether or not you're coming back until you fight Hulk Hogan. I think it was a bit of that. Like, you know, do I still have it in me? And also, am I going to be back full time? Am I just going to be back part time? Mm -hmm. You know, this was a very quick promo. I'm intrigued at, like, what it's setting up. I don't have a lot of faith that that, that match will have a clean finish if oh, it God, happens. Oh, God, no. And I thought it was weird to do this right before Fall Brawl. Weird in what way? Do you think that they're not going to make it a match? Not for Fall Brawl. Hogan's already booked against Sting. Oh, true. You're actively undercutting your main event. That's true. Do you think that Brett would interfere in that match? I feel like that's a, that's a heel move, though. And do you want to bring Bret Hart back after the death of his brother and go, now you're a heel? I don't know, because he's a very complicated face a lot of the time, too. He's, he was a pretty simple face in WWE. But he didn't want to side with, like, no, I'm talking about him in WCW. He didn't want to side with one side or the other, but he was still considered a good guy. But He was beating, beating up Sting with, with with a fucking baseball bat. He was an asshole. Was he a heel? Yeah. It was complicated because he was not on the heel team. He wasn't in the NWO. 
he could still be a he was he was a heel. He was uh, he was like oh you know, any people have groins. Oh, I guess yeah. Yeah, he was a hundred percent a heel. I don't know. The I only just, time he wasn't, I don't was, think that he's he would be a convincing face. To be honest, the majority of his main event run in WWE is as a face. I don't know him in that capacity though. No. Also, I'm wondering if you got the heel thing confused because the last time we saw him actually in a story was him doing the steel plate thing with Goldberg when oh, they were yeah. in Canada and the crowd goes nuts for him. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. But, I mean, I feel like people want to root for Bret Hart in this moment. I, just, I still stand by he's back too soon. Yeah, I don't know how long is the right amount of time for that. I don't know, but... I feel like however many months is not enough. It should be like a year, if not more. Well, someone who I wish would uh, go away for maybe a year. It's Ricky Rackman. I honestly forgot who this was when he came out. He comes out and he's like, Miami appreciates beautiful women. And he's basically leading the Nitro Girl version of, of the Diva Search. Although Diva Search is not a thing yet right. in this timeline. Oh my God. Did they steal that from the Nitro? I mean, it's it's a contest to find the next, you know. The next hot lady. Yeah, that's not a... I don't think Nitro created that idea. Finding hot babes that can maybe sort of dance. I'm just going to say this. Ricky Rackman being involved in this gives it an air of sleaze. Oh, it was already a little bit sleazy. But yeah, no, Ricky Rackman just... Like, Oozes like, sleaze. Like, if it was Kimberly doing it, I feel like it'd be a little more respectable. Yeah. This is just like, eh, babes, am exactly. I right? So Ricky brings out the Nitro Girls. Kimberly put basically like puts over, like, okay, you know, we, we work hard, yada, yada, yada. We are the total package. Yeah, the total package. Package. So uh, Ricky throws to the first girl's video. And uh, Emily, why don't you tell us about this first girl? So our first contestant from sunny Miami, Florida is named Zuli. I didn't write down their last names. Zuli is a dancer and likes to use her hands a lot. So much so that she taught herself sign language. You're, and when she said that, I was like, you're already too qualified to be a, a Nitro girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are. I don't get why now you're too qualified. She's too smart. She's too good. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah, she just likes to use her hands. Yeah, th th this is a very quick kind of package. Yes, it really was. Each girl got about maybe a minute of airtime. I did laugh at in the wide shot where they're introducing herself, you see someone's interview papers in the corner of the oh shot. Oh my god, yeah, I can't frame a shot to save their life. All right, and then uh, that's her video. Emily, who do we have next? Our second contestant is Erica. Tell us Erica about doesn't know what a Nitro Girl is. Yeah, she basically admits that she doesn't watch wrestling. <laughs> She's like, I've never heard of the Nitro Girls before, but I saw them once and I was like, oh, maybe. She basically did the, my favorite match is Melina versus, versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You saw it once. You're like, yeah, that. Yeah. That one. But yeah, so those are our two contestants, Zuli and Erica. And Kimberly reiterates that whoever they choose for the new Nitro Girl, they're going to go from city to city and find more girls. And whoever they choose to be the next Nitro Girl has to be the total package, has to be able to dance, has to be able to talk. Um, oh, so th there were three required skills. Oh, what was the other skill? It's be beautiful. You have to be beautiful. You have to be able to dance. And have a great personality. And have a great personality. So Ricky Rackman invites the two contestants out to booze. 
the audience is so not into this. They are booing so, these poor women. Sorry, my, my brain zoned out there for a minute. I thought I missed that Ricky Rackman like asked them out like oh, on no. the air. I wouldn't put it past him. Like asked him asked them out to go get drinks for booze. I was like, oh. Well, not No, they got booed. Z- Zuli is a mix. Erica gets booed. It was mixed for Zuli, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the audience could not give less of a shit about this. And I'm interested to see how it goes over in the future cities, especially because Baltimore's coming up and Baltimore is not known to hold back their feelings. So, we'll see. Well, Baltimore is where we're likely going to meet the winner. Spoilers! Tifa, I don't know that for sure, but it makes sense to me. It definitely does make sense. Well, that'll that'll be a uh, a lot more extensive one because we might be because we'll have a lot of things to say about her because we love her. So they'll be in Raleigh next week. The way they're going to be doing the voting, I don't fully get because basically it's okay. You're picking one out of the two. They didn't really say. What happens after that? I'm, I guess it's like a tiered system. Like, this is the winner from Miami. This is the winner from Raleigh. This is the winner from Baltimore. And then you choose who of those cities is the winner winner. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I can also see them not thinking out the process and assuming Zuli wins. Next week, it's Zuli versus the Raleigh person. Whoever wins goes to the next town. Because uh-huh. they were like, okay, you, we, uh, the voting ends at 2 a.m. Was it the same day? I mean, yeah. This like basically you have like four hours to vote. Jeez, that's not enough time. <laughs> they weren't gonna get a ton of votes. No. So we'll have to see how that progresses. I I, I guess I didn't, I didn't realize how much of this was gonna be on air. Yeah, me either. But it gives us something for the Nitro Girls to do. If Ric Flair was on screen, like have his have his one daughter be be be, be the contestant. Oh my god. Not Charlotte, the other one. <laughs> the other one who rightfully so kept herself out of wrestling. Well, that's not entirely true, because the guy she married is a massive, I don't like using the term Mark, but he basically is for wrestling. Oh. He's the guy who, like, runs every wrestling podcast now, and I just find generally irritating. I believe he's also, like, the main person in charge for the upcoming Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view. Good lord. Which... Oh man, I, I didn't show you the uh, the ticket prices and all that and the different packages for that, but there's a lot going on there. I imagine they're astronomical. Or I shouldn't even say ticket prices, it's the like different pay-per-view packages. So who is hosting that match? He has enough connections where he's just kind of putting on his own show. He's just doing it himself, wow. I saw the card and it's a, a lot of the matches are like, okay, here's like two guys from this one company, here's two guys from like New Japan, here's mm. two guys from MLW kind of thing. Okay. We'll we'll probably watch the match. I don't know that... Um, I think we'll, we'll be sad. We'll find a way to watch the match. We'll sad watch it. Not like, oh, Ric Flair, what a bummer. Sad to see him go. More so like, this is an old man who could very well die in this, and he should not be doing this. Yeah, it was like, all right, I'm like not going to take my blood thinners or whatever, and it's like, oh, God. Good <laughs> God. This man's going to blade. One last time. Let's move on to this Nitro. Oh, yeah, in case you want to make sure that the audience really keeps up their interest, here comes our next match. It is Lodi with Lenny versus Evan Courageous. Lodi has a couple signs coming out. One of which announces his birthday. Yeah, September 8th? Yeah, it's coming up. The other two signs are Stop the Hate and Blow Pops Rule, which, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Agreed. (laughs) Emily, what's the best flavor of Blow Pop? Um... 
red one. Ooh, incorrect. I've never really had blow pops. They they cut up the roof of my mouth so badly, and the gum was terrible. Yeah, I'm not going to defend the gum on that. <laughs> uh, correct answer for the regular ones is the green one. Ew, what? The green, the green one is never the right answer. However, there's also the ones that don't come in that pack. It's a pack of just these, where it's the blue raspberry ones. Okay, Those. I assumed you were going to say blue raspberry because you always go blue, but you like the green apple ones? Oh, it's delicious. Psychopath. Psychopath behavior. Uh, and for the record, the green apple is also the correct answer for Jolly Ranchers. Wrong. Wrong. Um, Wrong. So I'm not getting we married see the to you anymore. <laughs> we see the vampiro clip from last week. I didn't know I was marrying this man. Green apple? Really? We see the vampiro clip from last week of the you, you owe me. I'm single. Lenny baits Evan Courageous into a distraction and Courageous just falls for it like real easily. <laughs> They go to the floor, and there's a fan in the front row holding, like, I think it's like a Lodi Rules yeah. sign or something. And he just starts, like, very blatantly hitting Lenny with the sign. But it looks like it's not meant to be. It just looks like he's no, getting he's excited. No, he's just, like, excited, yeah. But he's very clearly also doing it at Lenny. So they basically go, like, almost start fighting, and then... Lenny, like, half pulls him over the barricade, and the guy, like, takes a bump effectively. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And security pulls him out. It's like, yeah, that was a work. That, that was, was 100% staged. a work. I didn't think it was staged until you were like, no, this is WCW's way of saying don't fuck with our show. Yeah. we've had so many interferences lately. Yeah, because we, we rewound to, like, view it, and Lenny pulls him a little bit, and the guy, like, dives. Oh, and yeah, it's he like, sells. Yeah. Kid's a wrestler. But Kid's going far. Well, he's not, because... Lenny pulls him, he, like, takes a step and then, like, stops and then dives. Like, there is the second hesitation that was the giveaway of, like, oh, this is a work. Also, I have no idea who that was, so I also... I also You're gonna go far, kid. So dance, fucker, dance. <laughs> like the Nitro Girls. Oh my god, he's gonna be our new Nitro Girl. Aw. It's full circle. I don't know how far he'll go in wrestling, but, you know, he may have a future as a stunt granny. Good lord. Oh, yeah, there's a match. Um, Courageous on offense for most of this. Get a random springboard to the floor onto Lenny. Mostly mind his own business out there. Just like, I'm going to dive on top of you. This prompts the ICP and Vampira to come out, which I guess is our new, like, all right, is it going to be Sid or is it going to be the ICP? Oh, God, yeah. Courageous fights off both Lenny and Lodi, and then they just stand on the apron. Menacingly. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> I think we said that when we were watching, too. He's just standing there. <laughs> Lodi hits a bulldog from the second rope and then a DDT and gets the win which looked kind of lame because the bulldog looks like an impactful enough move I'm like just go with that why yeah but even with the ICP and Vampiro being there Lodi won clean like there was no reason for Vampiro to be there yeah. unless I miss something no then why were they there I, I, intimidation uh, yeah. but for who for Courageous because he owes them Courageous owes them yeah I'm who... losing track yeah, Courageous owes them. Okay. Because he didn't really do much for Courageous. Last week he did. But we were we were questioning what Vampiro truly did. That was... So th they oh, did God, that... I am falling apart, aren't I? They did that twice last week. Oh, he fully helped Courageous win. Scotty Riggs, he just kind of stood there. Okay, okay. Because I remember getting somebody getting into Scotty Riggs' face and being like, you owe me, and us being like, for what? Yeah. Why? Yeah, he got the, um, Courageous, ironically, got the, the Scotty Riggs treatment here, where it was just like, okay, we're here. 
was spooky. Might, we might as well mention this now because we've seen it a bunch of times, but apparently Violent J has heat backstage. What? With who? Hugh Morris. William DeMotts? You don't do a moonsault. I'm a big guy that does a moonsault. That's oh, my Jesus. thing. It's a moonsault. <laughs> I mean, it's Morris's finisher, but like, dude, relax. Calm down. So still not much going on with the Cruiserweight title. No, unfortunately. Remember when Cruiserweight matches were my favorite matches of the night? Yeah. Simpler times. Let's move on. We go into the ring with Mean Gene, noting that it's a holiday. And he brings out Hulk Hogan. Happy America Brother Day, dude, Jack, brother. Labor Day's not America it's, Day. It's an American holiday. Yeah, but there's, I'd say there's like two, one, Fourth of July is America Day. But then there's Memorial Day. And then there's Labor Day. Yeah. They're all like American holidays. I think, well, yeah, but I'm saying one of them is a lot more America than in the other ones. Well, of course. So Gene asked him about last week. Hogan's like, I have no idea what Macho Man was doing there. He's like, maybe he wants career advice. And I'm just like, <laughs> Bud. Rude. It's like, more likely he was waiting there to assassinate you. Yeah, and he just got distracted and George hopped on his lap. Well, well no, he's waiting for the match to end and then, and then Sting busted him. It's like, okay, well, now people have right. seen me. Now I can't kill him. He also warns Luger to stay out of his face. Gene then asks Hogan about the picture. He's like, you know, I own a black Hummer, but I also own a white Hummer. But yeah, I, I, mine's a hard top. But that one was was a soft canvas top, so it's totally different. It was such a weird like loop. Where I was like, yeah, there's more than one white Hummer out in the world. And yeah, I own a white Hummer, and I also own a black Hummer. It, it was so weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Basically, it's like, all right, I didn't drive the Hummer. Yeah, you could have said that. I think this is what partially starts the the fever dreams as well. Because Hogan's like, I want in tonight's main event cage match. Excuse me? Yeah. What, <laughs> what main event cage match? Yeah, he's like, I want to join up with Sting and Goldberg. Like, Sting and Goldberg had a cage match tonight? Well, I, to me, it was like, okay, they're facing somebody. They never, but Hogan doesn't say who's on the other side. No. And like, I don't, now I'm just confused. And they go to commercial. I'm like, oh, okay. Back from commercial. Tony gives more context, because even going to the break, Tony doesn't say who's on the other side of that match. Yeah. Once they come back, like, okay, it's Hogan, Goldberg, and Sting versus Sid, DDP, and Rick Steiner. Gotcha. In a cage. Yeah. Cool. I figured it was going to be the triad, but... Well, I mean, the triad are kind of implied that they'll be at least ringside. I mean, it's DDP. There's always the triad. It was interesting, the fact that, like, okay, main event, six-man cage match, no build. Yeah, right? They just kind of threw a cage in there. Like, did they just have a cage and, like, fuck it, we'll use it? I thought it was even weirder considering they're going into Fall Brawl. And Fall Brawl in the last few years has been the big War Games pay-per-view. War Games. Sorry. And they're not doing that this year. And it's just, like... So you're doing your war kind of... You're doing the cage match on Random Nitro? What are you doing in Fall Brawl? Yeah, I don't know how intentional it was, but it just seemed random that... If anything, Goldberg and DDP should be a cage match. That would make sense. <sighs> anyway, do you have to pee? No, I'm fine. Why do you ask? Well, this is the match to do it. You need to go get a refill on your drink, go to the bathroom, no, check it, out the merch stand. This is not the match to leave for, Emily. Well, it's not so much that the match itself is that this is where the real chaos I guess is. you're right, yeah. So, I guess it's the match itself, however... 
I don't want to undersell what's about to happen here. Oh, God. Because the match itself is Barry Horowitz versus Al Green. I don't know who they are either. Yeah, real A-plus A material here. <laughs> I have neither wrote Sid. And as Barry Horowitz is coming out, Tony drops the little nugget that he just been handed a card. And it's like, oh, next week we'll give you details on how you can win a million dollars. Details next week on how you could win a million dollars. Yeah, like, you're not going to tell you tonight. you got to figure it out next week on how you might be able to enter. It's going to be Vince McMahon's million dollar mania. (laughs) I don't know how aware of that you are. No. I I know Vince has a lot of millions that he's given away recently. (laughs) I think this is 2008. (laughs) They did a thing where like raw viewership was down. So Vince McMahon just started giving away money on TV. Good Lord. Including one of the numbers he called the like... uh, had a ring back tone and i swear to god ring back tone it was never gonna give you up (laughs) i never could figure out how to get a ring back tone also watching vince mcmahon try to operate a phone was also you know entertaining silly old man what was your ring back you had a couple i don't remember i know that my ringtone was like an array of all american reject or fallout boy songs i don't i never could figure out how to do a ring back i was never that cool kid my one friend actually still has a ringback tone because he doesn't know how to change it at this point. Oh, I thought he was keeping it, like, intentionally. I think now at this point, he, I think it's a mix of, he doesn't know how to change it, so he he's fine not looking into it. Oh my god. I love that for him. So would you believe it? This match starts slow. Commentary starts chatting about other things, and they're like, oh yeah, there's going to be a battle royal tonight. Winner of that gets, gets a, a title shot. And this is why I was considering this a pee break match, because this is the match that commentary uses to catch up on all the other stuff that you need to know about what's going on tonight. And then the piano hits. And once again, we're like, is it fucking a fluke again? Like, even Tony Schiavone's like, do you hear that? I know you hear that this time. And, and then we're both like, what the fuck? A platform is lowered from the fucking ceiling. With twinkly purple lights. And a purple carpet, I want to say. Oh my god. And there's just a man, very a very mid-90s Jeff Jarrett looking man. It's not Jeff Jarrett, but just playing the piano. Playing a beautiful baby grand piano. I've never seen this man before. I have no idea who this he is. This was already bizarre. And then Sid comes down the ramp. Yeah. <laughs> Of all the people to pair up with this beautiful, melodic piano line, shouty, angry Sid comes down the ramp yelling. I, I like, don't want to look too much into this guy <laughs> because I want to enjoy the, the, I want the, the experience of what the fuck is happening. So, yeah, you just keep, Sid is just in the ring killing both dudes. The, the piano's still going. He's just up there tickling those ivories. And in the line of the night, Tony Schiavone's like, well, th- this needs no explanation. I'm like, this needs a lot of explanation, Tony, please. Tony, what's happening? <sighs> Tony, help me. So I guess he just gets raised back up to the rafters. We never see the pianist again. We never see the pianist again. I, I don't understand why the pianist was there. I don't understand why they spent so much money on that aspect of the production just to have him there for 30 seconds. Why? Tony, I need so much explanation. If we ever go to an AW show, I'm going to find Tony after the show and be like, sir, I need you to sit down. I have a lot of questions. Starting with, why did you pronounce it Yete? (laughs) Oh my god. Oh man, if we ever got an interview with Tony Schiavone, it would be so fun. 
I don't think we have any connections, but it's it's a non-zero chance that we have a connection to uh, our upcoming Baltimore girl. Oh, yeah, I know. And I want to be like, tell us about this. So, so Sid grabs the mic and he gets a special lighting. Did you note it this week either? No. I, okay, this was not the week for me to note it. Fair. He says that no one is taking him serious. Oh, by special lighting, do you mean like all the lighting is going down? Like he's just standing in the dark with like the blue spotlight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've noticed that. Well, I'm saying when he, when he cuts the promo, too. I noticed the lights going out. Yeah, he's the only one who gets that. Oh, okay. I, I don't really care. It, I, it doesn't affect me. I don't I don't think about it. I just, I just like that he has his own little production thing. Yeah, yeah now has a piano. Yeah. But yeah, he says no one is taking him serious and Benoit will have to be, be an example. He also claims that his win-loss record is better than anyone's right now. Um. And that's pretty much the segment. I think both of us lost our mind a little bit there. We might have not done it justice because just the middle of the match. Of the, 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 I can't explain how beautiful this piano line was. It was not dark and ominous or loud and angry. It was so lovely. Yeah, like like I I want to hire this guy to like put up like to to perform at like a gala. I would love him to play me down the aisle at our wedding. It was it was lovely. But the juxtaposition of that with Sid was fucking wild. Yeah. I, I think it was also, the piano music started playing, and we're like, okay, this is weird again. And everybody starts looking towards the aisle, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm already expecting Sid. Yeah. And the fact that it wasn't Sid at first, I'm like, what the fuck is, and then Sid. And I'm like, yeah, why? Why? Well, we will never know. Because this needs no explanation, Nick. No. We will never know. Continuing the fever dream, we go backstage the West Texas Rednecks are chatting about Bobby Duncan Jr. being out. It's like, okay, I think they said something happened with, like, one of their trucks. And he's like, he's going to be out, like, two to three months. Oh, with their truck? I knew he said, like, he had a knee injury or something. And the door opens, and, you know, it's all smoky, and we get a... What si- in the wild world sports this? <laughs> we get a silhouetted shot of fucking Vincent in cowboy gear. I... Why Vincent? And he basically is like, I want to join the West Texas Rednecks. And so they give him the name Curly Bill. I, they only ever call him Curly Bill once. I think Henning does later, too. Oh, okay. Well, commentary was calling him Vincent during his showing later. I'm calling him Curly Bill. <laughs> Fucking Vincent in a cowboy hat being like, yeah, I'm from the South. And they're all like, yeah, Southern New York. Like, Vincent, you're not part of this. Also, Kurt, you're from fucking Minneapolis. <laughs> He's not Southern born, Southern bred. And when he dies, he will not be Southern dead. So I'm like, sure, because that's just kind of it. Like, I don't think they even really agree to take him in there. It just ends. Then we get Mean Gene in the ring, and he brings out Harlem Heat. And I'm like, okay. And just to add to the, the continuing fever dream, I'm pretty sure the one Stevie Ray face from Botchamania, I'm pretty sure th- this is that promo. All lip. Yeah. <laughs> so they come out, and Booker T, looking like a cop. He, he just looks like a cop from a movie. He doesn't look like an actual cop. He looks like a cop that is... He looks like an actor playing a cool cop. So Gene asked them about their match at Fall Brawl. He's like, all right, we came here to tur- to burn this mother down and turn this mother out. Don't turn this mother out. He also says that they're going to have a party like they always do when they're in Miami. Like, it's like they're throwing a party. I'm like, oh, okay. How often are they in Miami? And then, like, throws to Stevie Ray. And when he does it, he, like, knocks the mic out of Gene's hands. Then grabs the mic and goes, give me the mic, Gene. And then he like hands it back to Gene. No, 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 no. Booker goes to hand the mic directly to Stevie. And in Booker handing the mic to Stevie, 
Jeans takes the mic and just cuts his own little thing in the middle and then hands it to Stevie. No, fuck Gene in this. Gene was a dick. Stevie calls the West Texas redneck three fruit booties. Fruit booties. And then he says in something that annoyed me very much, we're going to become the nine time, nine time, nine time, nine time, nine time, nine time, nine time champions. Like, motherfucker, that's seven. (laughs) Do it two more. Just cut, cut to a crowd shot and splice in two more, Peacock, please. Oh, my God. Peacock does not give a shit about WCW in 1999. This was... A, it was not load-bearing. Yeah, it was load-bearing. I like Booker's energy. He does have that ability to, you know, say shit that could come off real goofy and make it sound cool. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Booker has that ability. Oh, yeah. Stevie does not. No. When he said fruit booties, it, it sounded dumb. Oh, God. I also... I don't think that The Rock has that ability either. Everyone gives Rock like this this candy ass pass of like he can say whatever the hell he wants and it's cool because he's The Rock. I don't think it comes off cool. I think The Rock used to have that more and he lost it somewhere along the way. I always found it really cheesy. Yeah. I I feel like when they went to PG, it lost a lot of punch. I don't know, because, like, when he was, like, mid-90s rock, and he was a little more edgy, like, more Attitude-era rock. But the second he gets out of that, it's just... It's like when he's trying not... When he's, like, calling it poo-poo, you know? When he's not saying the the bad word because yeah. it's a bad word. A second that you start substituting poo-poo for shit, like, no. You've lost me. It's bad. Yeah, seeing his lady parts. Yeah. Yeah. Making I... fart jokes. Absolutely not. I can't think of him. I can't think of him making any fart jokes. That's, he, that's I'm more, sure he did. That's more a John Cena move, in all honesty. I'm sure The Rock did. Yeah, I'm remembering John Cena spraying JBL's limo. JBL is poopy. Anyway, moving on. More fucking fever dreams. We go backstage, and Sting and Lex Luger interrupt Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart having a chat. Just having a very casual sit-down chat, it seemed. Sting wants to clear things up, and Hogan's like, all right, you know, you got five minutes. It's not even going to take five minutes. And it, like, fades out. Like, they're going to go to commercial. And then when it comes back, Sting is just dead. He's on the floor under a chair. And everyone's like, what'd you do? You did it. No, you did it. Like, what are you talking about? I did it. Like, what the fuck just happened? Apparently, Hogan went and turned off the lights for some reason, and there was a fight. Or did... I thought someone turned out the lights. Well, before they cut to black, Hogan was walking towards a door or a wall or something. So I assume that he turned off the lights. I thought it was, we're going to go have a chat in this other room. Oh, maybe. I don't know. So Hogan and Luger blame each other. And I'm like... Brett was there. What yeah. did Brett see? I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, the, the commentary has to say the lights went out. And honestly, at this point, I'm like, it's. I almost feel like it's going to be another kevin nash texting himself where <laughs> where it's sting sting just killed himself sting didn't actually get taken out he just laid down and faked it maybe i don't know <laughs> he's clearly not dead yeah i don't spoilers, know spoilers comes out later oh yeah this has no no real bearing this has absolutely zero bearing on the rest of the show yeah i i don't get what's going on with this but fear not because the return of surge watch Surge Watch is back, ladies and gentlemen. Eh, it's a Surge shirt. It's still a, shir- a Surge reference, and I'm counting it. We then go to commentary for uh, 
Because they have to explain the weird fucking rules for this upcoming match. So we're about to go into the Battle Royal. Battle Royal, which earlier they said, winner gets title shot. Yes. That's not really what it is. So Nikki wrote down the rules, yeah. Yes. So it's a 12-man Battle Royal. First off, it's not. It's 11. It's 11. (laughs) So it's advertised when the first four men are eliminated, they're like fully out. Yes. In actuality, it's the first three men because... Because there's only 11. Yeah, because Kurt Hedding may be hurt. The next six people who are eliminated are going to face each other in a series of singles matches. So it's like, okay, once like the fourth person eliminated will face the fifth person eliminated. Right. The sixth will face the seventh, and then the eighth and the ninth. But they're facing each other in a singles match with absolutely zero chance of a title shot. Yes, there are absolutely no stakes to the, those matches. So tell me why we're doing these matches. Can't. And then the final two men will face each other later in the night for the title shot, which I feel like it should have just continued and this should have, you know, it, once it was down to two men, they should have just wrestled and had the match. Yes. Should have. You're correct. But they need to fill airtime. Yeah. So the members of this battle royal are the First Family, the Revolution, and the West Texas Rednecks. Or if you want an itemized list, it is Hugh Morris, Jerry Flynn, The Barbarian, Brian Knobs, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Shane Douglas, Perry Saturn, Barry and Kendall Windham, and Curly Bill. Vincent. Immediately they came out and like, so it's going to be Benoit, right? Like, Yeah. With that list, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be Benoit. Especially with Kurt not in the match where I'm like, mm, you know, you might be able to do Kurt. No, never mind. Kurt's not in the match at all. No. So the match starts and this is a mess. It's just not much of anything. Yeah, it's just like... There's... It's a really slow, boring battle royal. And it's not shot well to start no. either. Like, it's real... It's, like, way too frantic for what's actually going on. And this is where we notice that, like, Henning's on the floor. He's not in the match. Jimmy Hart's roaming around there as well. And I think I realized, I'm like, I think... This is where I fully put together that Kurt Henning's 100% hurt. Because Kendall Wyndham winning the title and not Kurt. I'm like, oh, yeah, that did seem weird. Kurt hasn't wrestled since then. Yeah, I didn't think about it. So, I don't know what he's hurt with. I'm guessing it's not anything too crazy. Or it's a matter of, they know if Kurt leaves, the rednecks are kind of dead on arrival. Well, yeah. Brian Knobs is the first man out. Hennig hops on commentary. It's like, all right, we're giving Vincent a chance or Bill a chance, whatever. I didn't even notice Kurt Hennig getting on commentary. He hopped on it for like a a sentence or two. Because like immediately after that, he gets eliminated. Yeah, that sounds right. Then the Barbarian's out. Kendall Wyndham is eliminated by Shane Douglas, but like holds on to Douglas's hand and helps him get eliminated from the floor. So they're facing each other tonight. Uh, the next two men out are Barry Wyndham and then Jerry Flynn. And then Saturn gets eliminated by Hugh Morris and Dean and Benoit team up to eliminate Hugh Morris. So then we're left with Dean and Benoit in the ring. And I'm wondering how much the crowd actually saw of the rules because... The match just kind of ends with two men in the ring, and it doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like an ending. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the audience was just not into this show. Can't say I really blame them, but... No, there's not much for them to be into. It's fucking wild. Dean and Benoit shake hands, and Perry Saturn kind of flistates, like, okay, you know, we're... Like, we all kind of win, because... The revolution wins regardless. Yeah. So we have that to look forward to later in the night, and... As Not well, much else. As well as three other matches. That don't mean anything because there are no stakes. Oh, man. I think this 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 was the crash to Earth. Yeah, all the fever dream fun kind of ended, and now we want to die. Our next match is Johnny Swinger versus Prince Iakea. Woo! 
If you didn't pee the first time, you can pee now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Another one where I'm like, Sid? And the, the crowd agrees because they are we chanting want, for immediately. him. Immediately. We want Sid. ICP and Vampiro come down. God, I don't care about nope. whatever they're doing with them. They attack Johnny Swinger and Prince IK gets the win. They do the whole you owe me thing. Does this ever get paid off, do you think? All of these you owe me's? <sighs> Not all of them will get paid off. That said, I have to ask, where the fuck's the demon this week? He put a stop to it last week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's gone. That lasted all of two minutes. I mean, he will be a character on television. He's they're, they're, not, they're not that done. They're not done with him yet. I would. I wouldn't have been surprised if they were done with him. So when Vampiro is saying that Ikea owes him, Ikea is rightfully a little weirded out because, in the grand scheme, he's being cornered by two men dressed up as clowns and Vampiro, who does have a strange look to him as well. So it's saying like, you owe him for something that you didn't ask him to do, like. Thanks, but I didn't need your help, dude. Like, I don't owe you. I didn't ask for a favor. Yeah, well, I, I don't have a lot of faith in that being paid off. Like, also, they're, they're facing the, the filthy animals on pay-per-view, and it doesn't feel like they're doing a lot with that. I mean, maybe Ikea yeah. and Courageous will interfere in that match. Yeah, they re- I forgot they were called the filthy animals. Yeah, I, I think it's more I know they end up becoming called that more than they are currently called that. Well, Billy Kidman did call themselves that he, once. He mentioned it once. Yeah. But moving on, we go to a clip from earlier today of Buff Bagwell signing autographs in the merch stand, and then Berlin arrives, Berlin crashes the party, no interpreter, and we were like, did Uda get fired? She appears later. No, Uda did not get fired. Uda might still get fired, but he says something in German, and the whole crowd goes, ooh. It's like, yeah, do you all speak German now? <laughs> you know a German diss? Buff then tells the camera that Berlin ain't the stuff. Berlin is not the stuff. He's not buff and he's not the stuff. In case you were curious. This prompts the Buff Bagwell match for the, for tonight. It's Buff Bagwell versus Steve Regal with Dave Taylor. And I was tempted to give this girl my MVP, but I won't. When Buff Bagwell's coming out, there's a, a, a tracking shot and it ends with not quite a close up, but close of this one girl. Just the one hand in the air like... I don't get it. Why do people like him? Just just disgusted. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> she embodies everything that Nick feels about Buff Bagwell. She's yeah. like, I just don't get it. Yes. And um, we have to talk about Buff for a second. Unfortunately. Yeah. So the Buff Bagwell that everybody loved on Twitter was not Buff Bagwell. Everybody loved, including us. We were loving him. I was tolerating because I'm I, I'm like no you I still have to watch you in '99 you don't get away with everything else and apparently his account was being run by somebody who uh, ended up scamming people and um, I I don't even know if I need to say allegedly but I'll drop it in anyway and it's like and is allegedly a pedophile every week it gets harder and harder to justify being a wrestling fan I mean. I we was, had a shining light for a minute with Buff. Well, I will say this, though. They've cut ties, and it's not like Buff Bagwell is the pedophile. No, I know, but now he has that connection, and it's... I, I have a lot of negative things to say about Buff. That is not one of them. <laughs> I will not defame Buff Bagwell by saying things that are not true. I will defame him by reviewing his matches. And saying and, very and, true And facts. saying what they are. Yeah. However, I can't say a lot about this match because I did lose my notes for this. 
Oh, I'm sorry, because I didn't really take very many notes. The only note that I really took was that Buff Bagwell gets whacked by the flag by Dave Taylor. It's like a good thwomping. Yeah, which barely slows him down. No, it doesn't slow him down at all, but it just looked good. Well, then he tried to do the spot again, and then Taylor accidentally hits Regal with the flag, <laughs> and Buff hits the blockbuster and wins. Yeah, it's not much of a... It's a pretty short match, which is a yeah. shame, because you know how I love Steve Regal. It was, a, it was an effective win, because it was like, okay, Buff can get around the numbers game, which will likely be a factor with... Berlin. So it's like, okay, it was good to... True. They're doing what they need to. I just still am not super into him. No. I like this storyline better than the storyline he had with the cat. Yeah, no cat recently. I haven't seen the cat in a minute. I think I needed a, an official definition of how long your podcast minute is. It's just been a while. It was on the last pay-per-view. How long ago was the last pay-per-view? Like three weeks, four weeks, I guess, technically. For us? Oh, for us. That's different. When I say it's been a minute since we've seen him, I mean us sitting in these chairs recording through these microphones. It's been a minute since I've seen him. I know he's probably still kicking somewhere backstage, but I have not seen him in a, going on a month and a half. So, yeah, it's been a minute. Post-match, Buff has the mic and says he loves Miami because it's in the U.S. See, that's a really wide statement, especially that's something you can't really say in 2022. You know? Like, yeah, I love Texas because it's in the United States. Like, ugh. No, no, no. The, the, the Supreme Court said you have to love Texas. Buff says that Berlin isn't just fighting Buff. He's fighting the whole United States of America. Good Lord. Why? Everybody get in line. It, it's like the, um, I forget how many miles it is, but the, the SpongeBob joke of like the multi-mile spanking machine. Oh my God. Everybody has to do that with, with, with uh, Berlin. Berlin crawls through the tunnel. <laughs> God. We will see Berlin later as well. Next up is a match we thought was going to have a lot of promise. Yeah, because it was so good last week. Or the iteration of it that happened last week was so good. This just didn't hit. This match is Juventud Guerrera, Blitzkrieg, and Psychosis versus Kidman, Eddie Guerrero, and Chavo Grow. Chavo. Apparently the story behind this is Ray was supposed to be on the team and something happened backstage and he got like poked in the eye and was having like vision problems for the day. Mm. Who poked him in the eye? I don't know. In another fever dream kind of moment, really unexplained, Hoovy comes out dressed as Kidman. They never make note of it. Yeah, they have no, the commentary exact notes same it, look. but there's never a reason. There's never, they never no, note the reason. No explanation is needed, Emily. But it's identical. It's like hard to keep track of who's who in the ring when they're actually fighting. Like yeah, it's they, weird. they talk about like, oh, they look similar. Yeah, they are wearing the identical outfits. Hair is the same, wet, greasy. They're wearing the white tank top, the jorts. The black shin guards and shoes. It's identical. We had some production audio issues again. And I'm like, I swear to God, if the fucking pianist comes down again. See, maybe that's just their cover. Whenever they have a weird audio thing, they got to bring the pianist down to make it, you know, purposeful. Oh, yeah. We're just going to call him the pianist until we get a name. I Nick wanted to call him the tickler because I called him. I said that he was tickling the ivories. And I said, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> the tickler. It's great. No. Match starts frantic until the heels start working over Eddie, and it slows down a lot. It slows down a lot, considering who's in the ring. The crowd starts looking up at, at the ramp, and I was like, Jesus, okay. We, we're probably going to get the ICP, but we're going to get more random shit. But the fact that they're already looking up the ramp to be like, okay, what's next? Like, that says a lot. They have no faith that this match is going to do anything. Eddie tags in both men from his team, and they clean house. And then there's like a weird miscommunication spot with bo- both men trying to pin... One of the opponents. It doesn't really lead to anything. It was kind of... Yeah. We had a wheelbarrow bulldog to Kidman from Hoovy. 
And then this is where Kidman rips off Hoovy's tank top. And I'm like, good. Thank you for making it, one, easier, but two. And acknowledging it. Yeah. Was this meant to be a rib? I didn't even know on which one of them. It, it felt like it was supposed to be Hoovy kind of like ribbing on Kidman. But like, why? Do they have beef? I couldn't find anything on this really either. I don't know, man. There's an electric chair drop, diving dropkick combo from the heels. I mean, yeah, I guess they're, I guess they're heels. I, yeah, I don't know who's the heel and who's the face on this one. You need to be on TV more to be, to be assigned yeah. a heel or face kind of thing. It's a spin kick from Blitzkrieg, and the crowd is just kind of weird for, for a lot of this match. They just don't really care. I can't blame them. We get a sky high from Kidman, and then we see the ICP and Vampire on the ramp. Hot tag Gachavo, and this match just falls apart upon that. Mm-hmm. Charles Robinson is almost very much in the way for Blitzkrieg about to dive to the outside and like he misses him by like like half a step oh my god yeah like detrimentally in the way yeah. they could have both gotten very hurt Chavo dives onto the two of them and then back inside Psychosis goes for a power bomb, but would you believe it Billy Kidman counters it into a face buster, face buster. <laughs> we then get a frog splash from Eddie and he gets the pin Woo! what a mess what a sad sad match yeah like, yeah, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yeah, and then nothing happens post-match either with ICP. No. Yeah, just... It's really disappointing because this was our favorite match. We were gushing over this match last week. Trapo was fine, but I don't get why you didn't just do another regular tag team match. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, Trapo just hasn't really found his stride again. I don't know that he ever is going to. No. Until, I mean, until... Not in WCW, yeah. at least. Does he stick around to the end? I believe so. Mm. I know he's part of the invasion, so... I would be inclined to say so, but also possible he gets released shortly before him. Yeah. I'll put it this way. He doesn't leave with Eddie. But he doesn't stay with Ray. He's not on the same contract as Ray, clearly. No, yeah. He's somewhere in between. He's part of the invasion. The next like half hour of this show almost broke us. Oh, yeah. We were looking at the timeline for most of this. Like, good Lord, when is it over? Because we start with, with the Nitro Girls. No one got a solo act this week. No, which is good. I didn't like the solo act. Then we get Kendall Wyndham versus Shane Douglas. This is the first of that one-on-one post-Battle Royal match matchup. So this has zero stakes, no reasoning, and it's two guys that you don't really feel the need to see after each other. Yeah, and Shane Douglas literally has to like, prompt the crowd, like, cheer for me. Yeah. At least Shane has energy. Kendall comes out like a wet blanket. Yeah. They brawl around, not much of note. I'm like, I'm just waiting for interference. Yeah, but there wasn't any. Mm, not really. Douglas hits a vertical suplex, a reverse atomic drop, and then a 10-punch spot. And Hennig whacks Douglas. The Revolutioner watching from backstage. And then Harlem Heat come out and attack Kurt Hennig. Yeah, so there's interference on the apron, but not in the actual match. Yeah. I, no one does anything to or for Wyndham or Douglas. Wyndham does get a little distracted, as does the ref, because oh. Douglas hits the Pittsburgh plunge and the ref had, like doesn't realize that the, that the pin's happening for a second. Yeah. And then just go, oh, okay. And yeah, Shane Douglas wins. Pretty quick match. Hard to care. But also, like, this is such a filler match. Why even bother with the interference? Like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, and these, these teams aren't really feuding. No. There was no point. So, Revolution have won one of these matches. Woohoo. Technically two if you count the um Fair, yeah, yeah. the main one. I was figuring, okay, considering you have Revolution versus Rednecks here, next one is First Family versus the Rednecks, mm-hmm. and the last one is Revolution versus First Family. I'm like, okay, well they're gonna do, you know, I guess the three way equivalent of fifty fifty booking where everybody wins one, everybody loses one. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, I, that was what I, I kind of assumed was going to happen here. Oh, I did want to mention that it did look like Shay Douglas p- uh, pinned himself during this, but when they showed the other angle, I was like, okay, he, he got it up a little no, bit, he got not by much. Out. He did. At commentary, Tony and Bobby talk about the upcoming Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair videotapes. They also plug the million dollar contest for next week. And while Tony Schiavone is talking about the million dollar contest, Bobby is just very slowly sliding the VHS tapes of Hogan and Flair into his jacket, just like deadpan into the camera, just sneaking them away. Oh yeah, it was it was it was great. I love Bobby Eaton. Next up, we get Jerry Flynn with Jimmy Hart versus Barry Windham with Curly Bill. Vincent. Why? Jerry versus Barry. Bell rings. Boring. Like, Literally, who could care about this match? Who is this match for? Who could care? Bill and Hart fight on the outside. Wyndham wins with a DDT. Stop calling him Bill. Moving on. Oh, that's it. Okay, that's all we're doing for that match. All right. This is actually something we... we, we <laughs> to say, but like, it's just, it's sad. It's all just sad. So we're on to something we're like, okay, we're excited for this because Mean Gene is on the ramp and he brings out Berlin. And Berlin has, has a different theme here and a new filter. Yeah, a filter that doesn't look so... Thing, um, you're actually able to see things. It's not as washed out. It, it's not so experimental film-esque. Yeah. And we were keeping our eyes out. We're like, okay, are they going to have the same interpreter? Are they going to find a woman who looks very similar and just pretend it's the same person? <laughs> no, it was still Uda. However, we did note something for her this week. This bitch is straight up reading her promo. Oh, yeah. She can't. She doesn't know German, obviously. And even if she did, that's a lot for her to be able to, like, reiterate at a time. I so mean, she needs. I think the cue cards are valid. I'm trying to think of anybody who has straight up been a translator in wrestling. The main one I can think of is the Great Kali had a translator or an interpreter. And I want to say he would actually translate. But the Great Kali didn't really speak. Yeah, it was a lot more limited. It would be max like three lines kind of thing. And it was always like the Great Kali says, you know, no. you will experience pain. Yeah. Berlin's cutting, you know, more elaborate He's promos cutting, like, here. He's like, a monologue, and then Gene's like, okay, Uda, what'd he say? I'm like, I don't know. Like, even if I spoke German, I can't reiterate exactly what he just said. The main gist is that Germany is the best and USA is not. Yes. I don't get why they're sticking with her, because on top of very obviously reading, she's not a good promo. So she, she's not actually a translator. She's not a good promo. She's, you know, she's not ugly, but she's not, you know, knockout, oh, you know, we need to put her on TV. She has the right look for a German corporate woman. Yeah, so Gene is just increasingly incensed that Berlin won't speak English. <laughs> Maybe he's just fed up with her as well. It's like, why do we keep giving her airtime? Just can, We know he speaks English. Can we just have him cut the promo? Yeah, it came off a little xenophobic, but I understood. I, I think the the saving grace is the fact that we do know he speaks English. Yeah. It's, it's not somebody being like, okay, someone just came here and, you know, they, they don't know. In our country, learn our language. Yeah. it's He knows the language. Yeah. He's just being a little fucker. Alexander, we know you. Berlin is showing good fire on the mic. Yeah. But if he loses the Buff Bagwell this Sunday, it's kind of over. It's over. over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he loses, he has absolutely zero build left to him. He kind of has to win. Let's move on to the Nitro Girls. I mean, it's only been, like, you know, 15 minutes. Jeez. Like I said, they had a lot to do tonight. Then we get Perry Saturn versus Hugh Morris with Jimmy Hart. I predicted that Morris was going to win after Rick Steiner interference because I'm like, okay, 
You need to keep Saturn hot going into the pay-per-view. They will do that on Thunder as well in terms of oh, keeping okay. him hot, but I'll talk about that at the end of this match. I'm like, all right, this match has a shot of being decent. The cr- the crowd is absolutely dead. This crowd hasn't had much to latch on to this entire episode. It started out cold, it middled out cold, and now we're gearing towards the end, and it's still boring. We get a springboard leg lariat to, to a seated Hugh Morris, and they've done it before, but it just felt very... It felt like a lot of overkill here. Tony and Bobby are just... Taking all of the subtlety out of the Hugh Morris gimmick. Oh yeah, they're just straight up saying humorous. Yeah, or at least Bobby is for sure. I don't. I don't know. No, I didn't Tony, really catch Tony. Tony much. is doing it a couple times too. Yeah, here comes humorous. Slow action from these two. We get yeah. a ten punch spot from Saturn. He tries to follow up with a superplex, but Jimmy Hart holds Morris and Morris pushes Saturn off the top rope in a real like dangerous looking spot because it looked like they were going for something else. It was just like ah fuck it, just fall. I was having such a hard time paying attention to this match. I was trying to focus, but it was so slow going and so dull that I just I kept zoning out. Morris hits a diving elbow drop. Saturn tries to get fired up, but Morris rakes the eyes. Morris works over Saturn to just no reaction. Yeah. Misses a diving splash, and then Perry Saturn hits a German suplex. Springboard forearm, and then a T-bone suplex. Signals for the Death Valley driver, but then Hart gets on the apron. Morris knocks Saturn into, into Jimmy Hart and then misses the no laughing matter. Perry Saturn ro- locks in the rings of Saturn and Morris submits and Saturn gets the win. Morris submits almost immediately. Like He barely got the rings of Saturn on and then he was tapping out. The rings of Saturn is a weird looking move to where it's, it doesn't always look fully applied when it is. Mm-hmm. So it might have been a mix of that. Maybe. This probably wasn't as long as it felt, but it felt long. It really did feel long. I think I looked at you and said that, and you're like, no, it was probably only about eight minutes. Like, that's still too long. Yeah, this is where we really were dying. We only have two matches left and a Nitro Girl segment. Yeah, it was just, but I was just glad that was the end of the three pointless matches. Yeah, at least they were they were short and sweet. I'll give them that. Maybe not sweet, but short. Yeah, and just a reminder, all three of these matches, I don't believe any of these groups are facing each other at the pay-per-view. So there was 100% zero point. Oh, there can be less of a point, Emily. And there is. However, before we get to our next match, history happened on the Thunder before this. In an attempt, I guess, to keep Perry Saturn looking strong, but in a massive fuck-up, Perry Saturn wins his match on Thunder by DQ. Do you know who he faces? Who? Sid. (sighs) Sid loses. So he's 77 and (laughs) 1. It's by DQ, so he didn't get pinned, but... He loses on Thunder. Eric oh. Bischoff was not there and found out and was like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Someone got fired for that. Man, I sure hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Jesus. I want some, like, stupid super fan to come to the next show with a sign that says 77 and 1, go Perry Saturn or something like that. <laughs> like, like, screen grabs, like, like, blows up the image. Like, It happened. It happened. But as we said, it can always get more pointless. Up next, a match we were very much looking forward to. Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko. Yeah, this is not a match that I think we've ever seen. I don't know. At least not one that we've seen recently or yeah, I don't often. Think, I don't think we've seen it. And I don't know exactly how many times it has happened. But it's two guys that we respect as, well, as wrestlers. And 
going up against each other. It, this could have been really cool. And it was really cool to start. So granted, you know, it can, there can always be weird instances of it not being on, of it not being reported on certain sites. But it looks like the number of times they actually faced each other, you count on one hand. Wow. Yeah. So this is a, this is a pretty unique match. It's yeah. cool. Some really good, quick chain wrestling early on. Story of this match is neither man is able to gain an advantage because they know each other so well. Yeah, they know the, the movesets too well. They trade technical pins and some of the crowd applaud the work. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. some good stuff. And in, in an interesting move, Benoit hits the first strike, like just like throws yeah. a punch. It um, stopped being wrestling and it becomes just like hitting. I thought it made sense that Benoit went to that well first, considering he is the harder hitter yeah. of the two. And I also found this interesting because... It happens in the future from this point, but I feel like I've seen that almost that same exact spot happen in, on a much larger scale. Yeah. WrestleMania 17, it's Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. They start the match doing chain wrestling oh. and then until Kurt Angle throws, throws a punch. Oh, so Kurt throws the punch in that one. Yeah. Oh. I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. interesting. Benoit works Malenko over, uh, including... They keep reversing each other, doing like a tombstone position. Mm, yeah, which was cool. I didn't know what to call that. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Reverse I didn't really know what to call tombstone. the move because it's not a tombstone they hit. He just kind of drops him on his back. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then, God damn it. Fucking Sid's here. Of course he is. Benoit misses a diving headbutt and then Sid gets in the ring and tries to powerbomb Benoit, but Malenko stops him and then Malenko gets powerbombed. Benoit drops Sid to the outside, and then Still Sid, not a DQ. We have Sid a DQ just yet. walks to the back. Nope, no DQing. And then they go to commercial. And that's it. Yeah. That's that's it. The, it was all for nothing! Yeah. Every single part of that. Now, as much as nothing it meant before. It means the, less! By the way, they don't do the match next week. They don't do it on Thunder. No one gets the title shot. That would have been interesting to see Chris Benoit versus Hulk Hogan. That would have been interesting, yeah. But Jesus fucking Christ. Like, why Why do it? Filler. They had nothing else to show. It has to have just been filler. I don't understand why they had to do filler because they have nothing going against them. Why not showcase some good talent and, like, storytelling? But no, just fuck you, filler. <sighs> God. Yeah, that broke me a little bit because uh-huh. I was like... Like, on top of it, like, you're interfering in fucking Benoit versus Malenko. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Like, I can only be so angry. I'm just disappointed. It's where I'm at right now. I'm just like, I'm calm. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's the thing. It's expected at this point. It's expected for stuff that you look forward to not to pull through. Expect disappointment. And you'll, and you'll, never, and you'll never be disappointed. Exactly. And then on, on top of it, we get another Night Show Girls. Woo! Let's move on to our main event. Thank God. It's Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, Sting versus DDP, Rick Steiner, and Sid Vicious. Sid comes out to a theme that we might have heard before. He's kind of been alternating. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, it really doesn't. But no piano this time. No. I was kind of bummed. I, I was hoping that the pianist oh, would fall down okay. again. We need to we need to talk about this. Oh, no. Because we debated yesterday. I think Sid and the pianist are completely unrelated. I they they can't be unrelated. They I, have to be related. I think I think the timing just worked out weird. I think If they're is, not related, why the hell was that pianist there? I don't know. That that is my question. If they did not come out 
at the exact same time, then sure, they're not related, but they have to be related. Emily, no explanation is necessary. No, a lot of explanation is necessary. There's no way that they're separate. I don't think they're related. There's no way that they're separate. I think they I think they wanted to debut a new character and they didn't have another spot they wanted to interrupt, so they just doubled they up. They could have interrupted any other spot and it would have made slightly more sense. No, 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 no. This has to be a Sid thing. I don't think it is. It's the only way it makes sense. We'll, we'll find out probably next Nitro. but Or we won't. Yeah, or we won't. <laughs> there is a part of me that hopes this never comes we up again. We never see this again. So for this match, the cage has a roof on it, and it's not a very tall roof. It's a shallow cage. And when you have these six men in there that are not short men, you see how shallow that cage is. And this just feels like such a Hail Mary with no buildup. Yep. Because on top of it, it doesn't feel like they've been like promoting this throughout the night. No, they mentioned it, what, twice? Yeah. Like, and it was just like an in-passing mention. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, that's the main event. It's like a knockoff War Games. And... Oh, and there's also no, like, we don't know if Sting's going to be part of it. Because last time we saw Sting, he was fucking dead. Yeah, they kind of just leave that. Yeah, they don't. Every other time there's a storyline like that, they're like, we'll we'll give you an update on Sting when we have it. Like, something like that. No. He's just dead. And Goldberg is back to using his old theme. Yeah. And I guess he was, was so happy to be using his old theme that he's doing the full entrance as Hulk Hogan is in the ring getting <laughs> beat down by all three heels. You know what? Good. Consummate he, professional. Yeah. He does the whole entrance. He, he's a professional man. <laughs> Commentary has to be like, well, you know, he has his head down for his entrance so he can't, he can't see them. Can't see him through the smoke. He gets towards the ring and then he gets blindsided by Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow. And that's what I meant by like, yeah, the triad will be there. They then throw him in the ring, which commentary and I agree, feels like kind of a bad move. Why? The bell rang when the heels started attacking Hogan. Why would you give Hogan backup? Oh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Lock the cage. <laughs> but Sting still hasn't come down. Yeah, still no Sting. Still not here. And commentary's barely noting it either. No. They aren't noting that he's dead backstage. They aren't noting that he's late to the match. Like, nothing. Keep in mind, the match starts, or when this whole thing starts, there's like seven minutes left in, in the time code. Oh, yeah. If this is a five-minute match, we're lucky. Once Goldberg's inside the ring, the heels get the advantage, but then Hogan does his Hogan thing, and there's big Goldberg chance during this. Hogan Hogan's. Sting eventually comes out with Lex, Lex Luger, just kind of stands on the ramp, hands on the hips. All right, cool. He's not dead. Sting evens the odds and fights everyone off. Two Stinger splashes the DDP, spear to Rick Steiner. Hogan then... Big boots and then goes to scoop slam Sid Vicious and Sid's feet hit the top of the cage and mm-hmm. I was worried that Hogan was going to drop him on his head. Yeah. Sid and Rick Steiner then bail and Hulk Hogan leg drops DDP and gets the win. But they're not going to say that Sid lost because Sid didn't take the pin. Yeah, but it's just like Sid did. I mean, his team lost the match. They're going to Kurt Angle it. It's the same thing. I stand by. Kurt's was Kurt at least had the common courtesy to be a little fucker about I it. I know, but that's that's the that's how they're gonna do it. Additionally, you pointed this out. I kind of missed it on, on the first peek through. The ref doesn't count three. No. So the pin it it comes off like it wasn't supposed to end like that because Hogan gets DDP in the pin and the ref counts one, two, and then he kind of like hesitates on the three and then goes three, like. The, that's not how it was supposed to end. It was, it was almost like the ref was like, not like this. You got other stuff. What are you doing? Okay, three, I guess. Usually, we didn't really dwell on the fact of, maybe it's a WWF rule, but one of the ways you win cage matches is by escaping the cage. 
Rick Steiner and Sid. They just walked out. Yeah. Both feet touching the floor. It was never floor. established that that, that was a, a rule or a stipulation. That might just be a WWF thing. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I didn't think about that. So Luger gets in the cage and then, then, then the cage gets raised. And I'm like... Yeah, well... I think, they, I think they told him, like, you have to get in because we're running out of time. And he just starts yelling at Sting. Yeah, he confronts Sting as we're going off the air, and I think he might like push him a little bit. Like, why did he? Why because was he yelling at him? They're winding down, and then it just ramps up because like, like the little like you know end of the show graphic kind of pops up, and then it fades out, and we're still on. Yeah. And then Sting starts punching Luger. And, and then we cut out. Yeah. What the fuck was that? It was so bizarre. I, I don't know, man. The match was barely even a match. No, it was not a match. It was it was entrances, and then one move, and then a potential botch ending, and then that's it. And then, I guess, thoughts on the show as a whole? Fucking weird, man. What a weird show. I, I swear the first half of Nitro and the second half are entirely different shows recently. Like, what happened in the first half, the first hour of this show? The fuck was that? And then the second half was just boring as hell and doing nothing. It went from fever dream to sobering up so fucking hard in the end. It went from fever dream to asleep. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, this was one of the worst Nitros we watched in a while. At least it did have the levity of the the, the stupidity at the beginning. At least we had that. Yeah, and last we week was pretty to bad, watch, too. You're right, yeah. But we didn't have to watch this in two, in two sittings. Which, Jesus. I thought about suggesting it at one point because I was dying, but we made it through. Powered through. Which, Jesus, I just realized... These are the two unopposed shows, and this is what you put They're on? fucking terrible. Riddle me that. This is your one and only opportunity to not have any kind of competition against your main competitor. Why would you not try to put on the best possible show you can? Why would you not make these two episodes pay-per-view quality? Get your people in. Get the people who watch WWE to watch your show and show them that it is just as good, if not better, than the product that they usually watch. And then they'll stop watching WWE. That is how you build your audience. I don't understand why they put on these two crap-ass shows. They had no competition. There was no reason. Why? Yeah, because you can also... You can do some bullshit. And, like... I'm realizing now, like, I, like how I would have booked things differently. Have the winner of the Battle Royal get the title shot later in the show. You do Hogan and Benoit, and then you have Sid come out and cost Benoit. Or come, come, come to the, come to the yeah, that DQ been, thing. Yeah, that would have been better, but that's, you know... a. Th- like an eighth of the stupid show that we just watched. Yeah. That's not enough. Oh, God. This is going to be a tough one. Let's um, move into best bit and MVP. Listen, I'm telling you right now that um, neither my best bit nor my MVP are wrestlers. Okay, what do you got? Well, the best bit, I'm giving it to the piano. The The whole production of the piano coming down because it was beautiful. I think I'm just going to give it to that whole match slash segment as a whole. You're going to give it to... Sorry, let me check my notes. Al Green versus... Who Barry that? Horowitz. Barry Horowitz? You're going to say Barry Horowitz is your MVP? No, I'm not giving him the MVP. Emily, who is your MVP, though? The pianist. Yes, I'm... Because <laughs> it, it was... It, He's it, the only one that came to work and did his job well. It was well played. It was beautiful. Oh, God, we're going to find out. He can't play piano. Oh, and, my God, and it was it's faked. A self, it's a self-playing one. It's a work, brother. So believe it or not, up next is Fall Brawl. Yeah, what the fuck? We have a pay-per-view next. Yeah. You would never know it. These last two episodes of Build, my God, I would never want to pay for that pay-per-view. 
I'm interested to see what the numbers are when you present them. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be imagine. bad. And I don't have a lot of faith in the show either, but there's a couple matches that could be decent. Listen, my hopes are so low. So until that shining episode, you can listen to all of our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod and on Facebook at the Butts in the Seats Podcast. I have started posting more on the social medias, so shut up, Nick. Good Lord, I want to die. What else is there to say? Let's go have a drink. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. Oh, my God. And uh, we will see you at Fall Brawl, I guess. If if, If this is the last episode you hear of us... Just know that Fall Brawl was terrible and we broke up. Not even ended just the just ended the podcast. We broke up. If if the Fall Brawl episode is five minutes long, it's just gonna be us saying <laughs> It's yeah, over, guy, it's done. Fall Brawl episode is, is is just gonna be my heart will go on. <laughs> Alright. Let's until, get the hell out of here. But until the hopeful actual episode, I'm Nick. I am Emily. Are you sure? I don't know. Are you sure about that? And thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seats podcast. Uh.